Sandwich Talk. I'm Carlos, your host, and this is my chance to sit down with some friends, talk about our favorite sandwiches, and dive into some new ones, too. This week, we're munching on the katsu, the tamago, and the tuna club sandwich, all from White Wolf Japanese Patisserie in Clawson, Michigan. My guest is Matt Irk, a genius when it comes to flavor, my partner in Swerve, and truly one of my best friends. We had a lot of fun talking about these sandwiches and also our favorite places that we've eaten in a bunch of different travels. So hug up to your favorite sandwich. Thanks a lot for listening and enjoy the show. On the show today, I can't be more than happy to have one of my best friends join me. Um, somebody who I've had the chance to learn from and also learn with my friend Merck. Um, People know him as Matt Irk. Actually, no, no one knows you as Matt Irk. Your full name, your real name is Matthew Irk, and I didn't know that until two years into us being friends. Matthew Charles Irk. Your middle name is my name, but not Mexican? No. We never talked about this. It's Carlos in American. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to start calling you Matt Carlos Irk. Or Merk Carlos? I don't know. No, Merk is fine. Mm -hmm. Dude, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for inviting me, man. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I mean, you and I have known each other for, I want to say it's like seven, eight years now. Yeah, right around there. Um, I think we officially met before me and Jenny moved to Detroit, but that's right around six years ago. So yeah, somewhere between six and seven. There you go. Yeah, I remember the first time that we met, we actually got together and we made dinner yeah. as a big old group of friends. Yeah. And I commented to one of our friends Sonny yo man this guy really knows this stuff <laughs> do you remember what we ate that day I don't it was like I think it was sliders he made sliders didn't it you? was you know it was like everyone was still just super hype on green dot stables and so we tried to make like the uh their like Greek one whatever that like the lamb kafta tzatziki right. joint yeah yeah so I remember we got like you know Hawaiian rolls or whatever. Hawaiian sweet bun rolls. I don't even know what rolls they use at Green Dot, but, you know, nothing's as good as what they got. But, yeah, the sweet rolls go with everything. So For sure, dude. Yeah, I think and they then, steam those buns there, too. Yeah, oh, it seems like it. Yeah. But, yeah, we just, you know, RIP Adam's Meats, but, you know, Eastern Market, we just got the kafta and the, you know, tzatziki. What with that? <laughs> yeah, it was that day when I realized that you knew what you were talking about <laughs> when it came to food and then... Yeah. I mean, overall, our friendship, just as our friends group, I think, has always been um, about food. We mm-hmm. we eat together very often. We have family dinners. We go out to eat mm-hmm. for any kind of celebration or even just not a celebration. It's like yeah. Saturday. Where, yeah. where are we going to eat? What are we doing for dinner? Yeah, especially those early years when we all, like, first moved to the city. And yeah. we're just like, dude, we were brunching. I was burning through money so bad. Like, <laughs> first big fancy apartment and eating out, like, Dude, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday lunch, Saturday dinner, Sunday brunch again, you know, just like... Drinks all in yeah, between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding bikes from mm-hmm. place to place, eating constantly. Yeah, but it's just like that. Like, and at the time, it's the only place we were, like, starting to really pop off, like, you know, Green Dot, and then Brooklyn Street Local opened up, and we were going there for brunch, but trying to get in with, like, six people there was pretty rough. Right. And then, you know, Grand Trunk Pub was always a classic brunch spot for a while it's the og spot that yeah. actually had like real beers on tap for mm-hmm. the first time too mm-hmm. 
They started doing craft beers before anybody else in the city, which was sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I find it uh, appropriate that we met eating some sort of sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I'll be down. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're doing today. Yes. Eating more sandwiches. Yeah, um, you... Something that you and I are no fear to, or no, no stranger <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, so for the folks at home, Merck is not just one of my best friends, but he's also my partner in crime when it comes to the thing that I've mentioned several times here, which is Swerve, uh, breakfast burritos that we do every Saturday and Sunday morning at Bikes and Coffee. And that all stemmed from basically your idea and then me and our friend Ben Kehoe just telling you, do it. Just do it. <laughs> just yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but I, how did you get started cooking because in my opinion like amongst our group of friends you're always the one that like has these zany insane ideas and you just kind of work on it yeah you know it's ironic because i never thought of working in like the food industry and like as a kid i liked cooking breakfast it was like my mom got me some like you know 12 page like cooking for kids thing which like chop onions and red peppers and make scrambled eggs with it you know and then from there in college um a lot of downtime, a lot of food network watching. Right. And then, you know, every once in a while when we did scrape up enough money to like go to the store and do like something kind of fun, it'd just be like, oh, I saw Bobby Flay do like stuffed pepper burger things on the grill. You know, let's try that, you know? And so we'd buy ground beef and cheese and put in a stuffed pepper and just do weird stuff. Like, no, that's not weird. At this point, it's kind of corny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I'm like, dude, this is something that's not a hot pocket. Right, I'm making it so it's kind of exciting. Totino's okay. pizza rolls, yeah, like yeah. every other standard college kid. Mm -hmm. I remember in college, I was really into exploring spam because I had a Costco membership card, mm -hmm. and spam was delicious to me. Yeah, so I was like, "What? What else can we do? Spam fried rice, spam um, burgers, spam like mix it in with everything." Mm -hmm. That was kind of my favorite thing to to play with was spam, and like you know, you play with eggs and a bunch of other cheap stuff when you're in college too yeah. so that's what i was doing but mm -hmm. it sounds like you were once again just another level above me <laughs> i wouldn't even say that man it, but yeah it, it was fun to mess around with just like little stuff like that I'm like oh instead of making a regular cheeseburger i'm gonna put like stuff in the not just ground beef you know like oh it'd be like make a little shredded cheese and you know jalapenos in it or something you know just little stuff like that and there's a cool little meat store in big rapids where i went to college and it's like you'd actually get some pretty good like cuts of meat and stuff like that. Mm. So, but yeah. And then, you know, again, coming into Detroit, going to all the awesome restaurants was like, you know, made it a little bit more fun. And then actually having a place of my own instead of living in my mom's house and right. being able to do stuff. And then, I mean, you know, Jenny, but for the listeners, my girlfriend is really into food and really smart and it likes cooking and messing around and getting cookbooks and stuff like that too. So yeah, that really stepped it up. You guys have a lot of cookbooks. Yeah. How many do you think you have? Um, probably, I could probably only name like seven or eight off the top of my head, but probably between 15 and 20, I would think. <laughs> I could probably only name seven or eight. Well, I mean, eight. there's, you know, every time I get a new one, um, it's the like thing I get obsessed with and I kind of forget about the other ones, but there's like Anthony Bourdain cookbook, Emerald cookbook, yeah. you know, the, that, what's it, the chef night out, that munchies cookbook where yeah. it's just all the recipes of all their drunk cooking at the end of the night. <laughs> and so that, that one's kind of cool, but a lot of those are like, oh, you know, you can't really make anything from there because it's like these guys own a Filipino restaurant that have had these like Filipino stews simmering all day in a deep fryer and they make like, you know, fried chicken soup with it. I'm like, I can't make that at home, you know, but <laughs> it's still cool to like thumb through the cookbook and like, you know, 
They actually have a recipe for fernet in there that I'm actually just about to start. I'm thinking about like, I should do that. Really? It's hard to find fernet in Detroit if you're not at a bar. That's true. You know, let's, let's do that. I'm, I'll throw on the ingredients. I definitely would be down for that too. Yeah. There's like, it's just like 30 different like herbs that you just put with, I think gin and you just let it like sit for a long time. But that seems simple enough. Yeah. Sick. It's like making a gin mole. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like an essential one of the cookbooks, like one that you always go to? Um, the last few years, this sounds a little trendy, but, um, I think her name's Allison Roman. Uh, she does like, uh, the dining in cookbook, which I think anyone, uh, she used to be either with Bon Appetit or New York times food person, but, uh, yeah, her cookbooks are really user friendly, but they make like really impressive looking dishes. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of them are only like five or six ingredients, but the way that they're put together and, you know, plated and she's really into kind of, Oh, use this recipe, but then use this other recipe kind of, kind of plate on underneath it. And it just makes it look like something you get at like a, a pretty cool restaurant. And it's all simple. Yeah. Super simple. Like the one that we did a lot was just like, uh, you make like a Greek yogurt garlic thing and you smear that on the bottom and then you make fried chickpeas and then you make fried lamb, you know, you take ground lamb, you fry it on top and then you just saute some like mustard greens on top of it. And it looks like some, you know, kind of trendy grain bowl you would get somewhere, <laughs> but it's, you know, like I said, three major ingredients, maybe two or three other wow. spices. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't compare recipes enough. I think <laughs> it could go for a while on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and also you're making me hungry. So let's yeah. just jump into this. We've got three sandwiches today from, uh, actually I went to, I've been hearing about this place for a little while now. It's called white wolf Japanese patisserie. Uh, I think that's the proper way to pronounce patisserie. Patisserie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're in Clausen. Um, they are, I heard that they started doing Japanese sandwiches, you know, very simple, uh, small little sandwiches. And I gave them a call, had them make us up three different sandwiches today. And we've got the katsu. Um, we have the tamago and also the tuna club. Um, so I'm going to let you choose from that stack right now. And you tell me which one you want to grab. All right. Well, let's see. It doesn't say what it is. No, it's like a prize mystery box. So I'm going to go with the top one. Top one it is. See what it is. Crack it open. They're already cut in half. Nice. What do we got there? This one's looking like katsu. 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 Thank you. Dang. Breaded chicken and some cabbage. Hell yeah. This awesome, perfectly square white bread. I know. I love it. It's 100% square. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the chicken looks perfect. It looks very well put together. Um, Also, I love the perfectly square crispy edges too yeah yeah it's like they almost toasted the sides of it right good idea oh i mean it is toasted on the outside too yeah unfortunately with with our podcast here we bring it all to the studio so they're not nice and toasty warm so you know forgive us a little bit for not knowing the exact way that it's going to taste when you get it but i imagine it's going to be maybe better yeah it still looks delicious (laughs) i know right take a bite dude yeah Okay, one big bite. You took the the bite from the side, so you got a little bit of the corner too. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Got some of the crust. Um, yeah, it's delicious. The chicken's really nice and moist. Um, looks like there's some type of sauce on here. Mm-hmm. I, without looking at the menu, I don't know exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Literally like fried chicken and some purple cabbage. True. I like the bread a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just white bread, but it's so good. Yeah. Very reminiscent of like Japan. 
where it just comes down to simplicity like that, you know? Yeah. Wow, it was really good though. Like you said, the chicken is perfectly tender. Um, it's not dry at all, even though it has been sitting for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's still fine. The cabbage is still crunchy too, which yeah. typically like when you have hot chicken next to it, it'll just tend to be a little not crunchy anymore, but that was just one crunch of cabbage. Yeah. Also, it seems like the cabbage is maybe tossed in a little bit of vinegar. I I would assume so. Like you know, like you said, doing a carry out from Clausen, you might probably got soaked up in the bread, but mm-hmm. it's got a little acidity to it. Mm. But I'm a sucker for anything chicken katsu. Hell yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. The flavor on the breading of the chicken too, I think, is really good. Um, once again, super simple. Not overly spiced, but it has a little bit something more there than than, than just the chicken. It's it's like a karage. Yeah, and then the um, the bread stuff got a little sweetness to it. I'm sure it's not just like you know Wonder Bread. Wonder yeah. Bread, yeah. yeah. Do they even make Wonder Bread anymore? I don't think I've ever even had a slice of it. What? Unless I went to like a friend's house when I was a kid, but my mom was, just, you know, white bread was the devil. <laughs> you wheat bread? Yeah, but even back then, it was like Aunt Millie's, like you know. Is a step better, like probably a little healthier for you than, mm-hmm. than white bread, but still like just super processed, just, you know. But I, I, I love it. I'm still a sucker for like a grilled cheese with just like that type of like off the shelf, pre-sliced, you know, grocery store bread. Hell yeah. We had in Mexico a pan bimbo, which just looks like bimbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's like the white bread of Mexico. Okay. And I remember like every year that I would go back to Mexico. One of my favorite things to do was just take two slices of the pan bimbo, yellow mustard, um, like whatever white cheese we had, typically like queso Oaxaca or like Chihuahua or something, and then put boiled ham in there and put it in the microwave. Nice. To this day, still one of my favorite sandwiches. Yeah. But I like this one a lot. You've seen a lot of yellow mustard in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mostaza. Okay. <laughs> and then mayonesa, like the mayonnaise usually has lime in it. Okay. I get yeah. that. I mean... You can make a mayo just replacing vinegar with lemon juice, so I could see you know using lime instead. Right. Yeah. Um, I never knew about this with you, but I know that we've eaten at a fair amount of fast food places together. Do you like McDonald's? Yes, I am like a fast food glutton. I don't eat it. That's part of the reason I like started you know meal prepping all my lunches when I go to work because if I didn't I'd be at a, a Wendy's or a McDonald's <laughs> like five days a week so eating all that horrible oil and yeah yeah I'm, I'm unashamed about it but well I you I think Arby's would probably be the only place I don't think I like talk <laughs> with you know <laughs> yeah Arby's is not like right yeah. I'm so sorry Arby's but yeah. you're not um but McDonald's I heard today that they're coming out with not just the Big Mac but they've got the Little Mac and the I guess Double Mac. Okay, cuz that's is that different cuz I got super hyped like 2 years ago they did the Grand Mac which was right is the uh what the quarter, they made a Big Mac but they used all the quarter pounder like so it was like a double quarter pounder but with the middle piece of bread and like the you know special sauce and all that. Similar to that I think it's probably going to be a, about the same amount of meat but this is Instead of two all beef all beef patties, it's four all beef patties. Oh, that's, that's for the fucking, double mac. That's too much. And then the little mac is just the one patty. So, which that's funny because that's always one of those things you could hear about, like you know, fast food restaurants with their kind of pseudo secret menu things. But like, you could just get a 
McDouble and say, hey, put lettuce and special sauce on it. Like, that's never been a thing that you couldn't do. But now they're just, like, right. marketing it, you know? Yeah. But what about that Wendy's breakfast? Ooh. Does not look appealing for me at all. As much as I love fast food, <laughs> fast food breakfasts, like, have always kind of grossed me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, McDonald's breakfast was standard for us. Yeah, yeah. When I was a, really little, I was hyped on the Burger King breakfast because you remember those cinnamonies? You mm-hmm. like the little dipping, that frosting dipping cup, which was super dope. I like how salty the sandwich is. Oh, yeah. Salt and peppery. Mm-hmm. It's just well seasoned. Yeah. It's good. All right, we're going to finish up the sandwich. When we come back, we've got more Sandwich Talk. Today's episode of Sandwich Talk is sponsored by White Wolf Japanese Patisserie. Located at 31 East, 14 Mile Road in Clawson, Michigan, this new Japanese bakery, located next to Noblefish, has a variety of traditional and creative spins on almost anything you'd find in a bakery. They're open Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Sunday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's worth the drive. Casamara Club. Inspired by the history and traditions of Italian Amaro, these Bon Appetit magazine highly recommended soft drinks are balanced, buoyant, and food-friendly, highlighting the natural vibrancy of farmed ingredients. With currently four varieties available, find them all over the country today by checking out their website at casamaraclub.com. And we're back. Uh, today, I've got my friend Merck here. We just finished up the first sandwich from White Wolf Japanese Patisserie. And we've got the next one staring me in the face. It's looking at me pretty intently. It's saying that it wants me to eat it. And I think I'm going to do that, Merck. Let's get it. I hope that's okay. Yep. This is the Tamago, uh, a.k.a. egg salad. I think that's what that means. Right? Dude, you're the, one, you're the Japanese uh, guy over here, you know? <laughs> Goes to Japan once. Yeah. Learns um, about sake and Japanese egg salad. <laughs> uh, go ahead, man. Grab a slice. Right, or, a slice? slice? Slice of sandwich. Slice of sandwich. Here, cheers. Cheers. Eh, I gotta reach. Got it. Eh, got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this just looks like classic egg salad. Yeah, it does. Yeah, some, so uh, it's got... Scallions in there, too. Looks like it down there below. Uh, layer of the egg salad. Fresh, like, iceberg lettuce. Um, I don't know. Is there, like, a mayo? I'm sure, well, the egg salad well, has got to have a mayo. Yeah. yeah. Looks great, though. How does it taste? Very good. What are you getting from it? Um, again, you got the, you know, the sweetness from that whatever white white-ish bread that they're using mm-hmm. and then you know the kind of the fatty awesomeness of the mayo i'm a can't get enough mayo you know this yeah dude but you're a huge mayo head i'm a big mayo head but i love like i don't mess around with too much japanese cuisine outside of like just you know your mm. sushi or what you know whatever's on the menu at ima but uh gotta oh, love damn. gotta love how much they embrace mayo in japan i literally got egg salad all over myself i just did the same thing i'm fine with this Dude, it's really good. This is like a good umami flavor. Mm-hmm. It's like celery salt too, or just celery. Yeah, something like that. And then the you know the iceberg just has a little texture to it because you know egg salad be mushy. Yeah. Um. Not too salty, not too peppery. No, perfect. Yeah. I don't really generally dig egg salad too, so this is good. Yeah, I don't know. 
one of those things that looked so gross to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Same with me. But all the other like quote unquote salad mayo salads that used to also gross me out growing up, I can't get enough of. So, you know, like pasta salad, potatoes, chicken salad, chicken salad, tater salad. Um, but yeah, just the the whole egg thing. I don't know, like mm. boiling eggs, like. I just never thought this is never something I think to make myself. And then like, it's so hard to get something at a grocery store that looks so as unappealing as egg salad, you I know, know? Right. Yeah. You got to make it yourself. I like the, uh, slices of cucumbers in it too. I just noticed those right as you were saying that. Yeah. Definitely adds like a nice little freshness to it. Christmas, 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 um, onions, but like tiny little diced onions, kind of similar to that of like the Big Mac. Well, yeah, that's yeah. There's a little diced ones. I think there's. I can't tell if it's just the, you know, the outside of the cucumbers, or if it's if there's scallion in here too. Hmm. I think there's scallion inside the egg salad. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. And same same like white bread, um, kind of like toasty on the mm. outside, and then the perfect square on the white bread. Yeah. I dig this one. I think I actually might like this one more than the katsu. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And then, like you said, like, typically store-bought isn't necessarily going to be our play, but, I, you know, we got this from a place, and it's lovely. Yeah, no. The, you know, not too much mayo, but plenty of it. You know, they clearly know how to hard-boil an egg because it's not, like, super rubbery. or You know, I can get, like, the sulfur nastiness if you overcook them yeah um so i wasn't actually huge into mayo until becoming friends with you <laughs> this is something that i have to say yeah now you're on you know you're a uh, part of the duke's mayo cult you've made me want to go out find dukes buy dukes and use dukes on everything <laughs> yeah man it's it's just great you know it it is i get why people get grossed out by it but it's one of those things which like it's been around since like i think mayo has been around for like three or four hundred years you know it's like it's, <laughs> it, it's not like it's some new like gross gluttonous american thing like you know it's you know aioli you know all that you know it's just like you know like japanese they you know every almost any sushi that you get like any type of roll is going to have some sort like a little bit of like QP mayo in it mm-hmm. or anything like that. You talk going back to fast food, you know, special sauce, that's just mayo and ketchup, you know, it's just, just yeah. Mayo goes good with everything, man. It I just agree. adds the fat, you know, you, that's another one of those cookbooks, the salt, fat, acid, heat. And like that's totally. those, you know, the acid, like the mayo covers acid and fat. So like right with one ingredient, you can like, you know, you're already developing like, an awesome base for whatever you know whatever you're making most likely a sandwich though i think that book is probably one of the most essential cookbooks right now Mm -hmm. um everybody needs to know like that that's just kind of a rule of cooking yeah yeah for sure um that cookbook is awesome too because it like it's not just recipe 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 you know it has the whole i think it's like almost like 25 pages in the front and that's just like this is the type of shit you need in your pantry. These are the type of equipment that you need in your house. And it's not like, it's not telling you to go buy out, go and buy like a $300 KitchenAid stand mixer. It's like, have a more than one spatula or like a sharp knife, you know, just like basic stuff. But a lot of people, you know, coming out of college or anything like that don't necessarily know. And they just have like butter knives. Yeah. Butter knives or like 
the shittiest knives that their parents gave them before they moved to college. You know, these like, right. oh, these are knives that are so bad. I don't even want them. So you take them. And then you like, you, you know, and that just little stuff like that can kind of like, you know, discourage you from being interested in cooking. Like, you know, totally. It takes 10 minutes to cut a bell pepper because your knife's so dull. And, and you end boring. up cutting your finger yeah. instead because mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge rule for everybody that's at home and doesn't cook. Mm-hmm. If you want to start cooking, you should probably just have sharp knives. Yep, sharp knives. Doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to get the whole like eighty piece set from Bed Bath and Beyond. You know, doesn't have to be Japanese steel. No, no. Um, any restaurant store will have like a forty to thirty, forty dollar knife that will be sharper than you've, anything you've ever used before. Three essential knives too: chef's knife, paring knife, bread knife. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. That's all you need. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I really, I rock my chef's knife everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. It's literally in my bag yeah. every single day. And yeah, I really like your knife. Thanks. Fancy boy. Yeah. yeah. That was a Japanese boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are your favorite knives? Because I know you have like at least three or four that I like to use when I go to your house. Yeah. Three good ones. And it's kind of just slowly worked up the scale. Um, I think Jenny got me a classic like eight inch or nine inch Henkel German, you know, mm-hmm. chef's knife. And then from there, one of us stumbled, like got a, I think honestly, when we moved in the condo, we got like a housewarming gift from somebody. It was like a hundred dollar Bed Bath & Beyond gift card. And then we got like a smaller Shun chef knife. So maybe like a six inch chef knife. So it's kind of like a, a his and hers, you know, she has a smaller hand, so she uses a smaller one a little bit more. But then, um, crap, I forget the name of the shop, but um, last time we were in New Orleans, there's a like crazy knife store and there's one in Nashville too. They have one in Nashville and one in New Orleans. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's a, just a Japanese knife store and you can, they start from like 150 bucks, but you can spend like two, like probably $2,000 on just like a knife and, uh, Jenny got one there and I, you know, it's just some, I couldn't even tell you what the knife's called cause it just got a little tiny little Japanese like stamp on the, on yeah. the blade, but Thing is bad ass. That's the one you that you showed me that has a like wooden sleeve to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's dope. You also have like that Emerald Lagasse knife. Yeah, that um that really big oh no, yeah. The Emerald Lagasse knife. That I don't even I think that's going back to like stuff my mom gave me when I went away to college or something. <laughs> but uh and then we just have one big old knife. We took our knife to get sharpened at this place in Dearborn. And it's one of those places that like they go around, pick up knives from all the restaurants and then like sharpen them, drop off new knives. Yeah. And they just have like a bucket of like old knives from restaurants that they didn't want back, but they still sharpen them. And it was cool. Like it looked like shit when we got it. Like the ha- wood handle was like slippery because there's been so much like it looked like it got like dropped in the deep fryer or something like that. But you just like <laughs> I just stuck it in a giant bowl of like mostly dish soap and it just killed all the grease. And then it's like a you know that's what I use if I just want to like cut through bones or just like beat the shit out of something. Nice. Do you <laughs> have a butcher knife? No, that's this. It's it's like a. 10 inch chef's knife, but I treat it like a butcher's knife. Totally. Yeah. Cause that's, I think that's probably going to be my next, my next purchase is going to be a butcher's knife. I want one of those cleavers. That's just like the big boy that just hacks away at Dude, everything. Have you, Maddie Matheson, Maddie Matheson has a new, his own like cooking network. Now he doesn't like do munchy stuff or vice stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's called like just a dash, I think. And it's just his home kitchen, but on his back wall, he has like one of those awesome like magnetic strips to hold your knives. Yeah. And he has two cleavers back there that just look 
so insane. Mean. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're just badass looking. I just like I, I was watching an episode like two days ago, and I'm just staring at those two knives. Like they're like the blade is like wider than it is long. You know, it's just yeah. like so fucking sick looking. Yeah, like yeah. Look, Bradley Oney from Bon Appetit. Like mm -hmm. he uses his cleaver as if it's his just standard everyday yeah. chef's knife yeah and it's like kind of like an in-between knife because it's light enough but he's just hacking through all kinds of vegetables mm -hmm. does all kinds of like even like small pieces of garlic or whatever with yeah. a giant cleaver oh and like you know keeping it with the japanese theme here like i've seen a lot of like these sushi chefs that are like doing like looks like open heart surgery you know like with like <laughs> slicing something like sashimi you know how thinly they're doing it but they're using it with like this knife that's like bigger than their like the palm of their hand and just like yeah like how can you be so like delicate with something that probably weighs like seven or eight pounds you know <laughs> dude i mean I, i'm drinking casamara club right now and i just realized that this is i i've we've had this on the show mm -hmm. for every sandwich and it's never gone bad with a sandwich no no it's great it's pretty good mm -hmm. it's just amaro soft drink yeah and it goes good with eggs it goes good with the with the chicken that we had and hopefully it's going to go good with the the next one yeah um i know that you love mayo would you say that that's your favorite condiment yeah uh you know off the top of my head if someone just asked me this in a completely not like food related podcast question way like if someone's like hey what's your favorite condiment it would take me a second to think mayo but it's by far the condiment I use the most, so I guess by definition that'd make it my favorite. Hmm. I guess so. You yeah. know, like I've, I, I, we've had this conversation before too. I'm a big sucker for honey mustard, but that's right, and yeah. I hate it. Yeah, but again, like I don't use honey mustard. Like, I man, chicken fingers. I eat honey mustard, you know, but I'm not putting honey mustard on like all my sandwiches. Right. You know, it's a very small set of sandwiches that you would do something like honey mustard on. I don't know why I don't like honey mustard. I don't know, because you're just, like, a big mustard fan, mustard head, like, outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. Every other mustard, like, you know, Dijon, standard yellow, mm -hmm. but just honey mustard just kind of, I feel like it's sacrilege, almost. I don't know why. I don't know, you know, the thickness of it can kind of, I, I could see, like, it's not, there's no other mustard that has, like, the same consistency as a honey mustard. You know, like, that Dearborn honey mustard's, like, almost like a sludge when it comes to a bottle, you know, but it's, it's like, I, I personally love it, but yeah. also, you know, outside of putting on sandwiches and stuff, uh, making like a vinaigrette with, instead of Dijon mustard, you make like, make a honey mustard vinaigrette, which okay. is. Okay. So it's a little bit thinner. Yeah. A little thinner. And more. definitely less sweet too. I think the vinegar cut through the sweetness yeah. and that might be the reason why I kind of don't like it is mm -hmm. because I feel like a honey mustard is almost overly sweet for what I want. Like, it's just the same way that I don't really dig all the barbecue sauces in the world. Yeah. You yeah, know, totally. and unfortunately, most places will slather their meats with barbecue sauce. And it always tends to be pretty sweet. You know, yeah. like, oh, I used to love it, but like Sweet Baby Ray's. And like, it has, when it has like sweet in the name of it, I'm like, I, for a barbecue sauce, I'm, I'm with you. I like the acidity. I like the, the vinegar. Totally. You know. More than the sweetness of it. More of the flavor, mm -hmm. more of the, the salt and the acid from it as opposed yeah. to the too much sugar. Yeah. Like even like Casey Masterpiece, mm -hmm. you know, that's just straight sugar. Well, yeah. And then, you know, something that people don't really think about, but you, you're like, oh, I want a barbecue today. And you think you get a grill, you get your meat, chicken, whatever. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, in America will just have a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's in their, in their fridge. Like, oh, I'll put this on the chicken and then I'll grill it. But with something like, that's, you know, like 90% sugar, it's just going to like burn to shit when you put it on the grill. You know, all that 
that sugar caramelizes in like the first like five That's minutes, it. but it takes like 15 to grill your chicken thighs, then you're, you know, it's just going to be like a mess, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you got to watch out for like the sugar content and a lot of those types of things. It's when people just don't get it. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you try it and you're like, Oh, it's gotta be good on everything. But yeah. It's not. No. That's why it's important to marinate your meat beforehand. So you get some kind of flavor and mm-hmm. it tenderizes it, put it on whatever you need to do. Yeah. You know, toss it on the heat. And, and if you do, if you do like the sweet baby rays, just put it on at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Or like at the, as like a finish, right. While it's still on the heat for the yeah. last, you know, minute, two mm-hmm. minutes. That's, I mean, that's the proper way. If you like sweet baby rays. Yeah. But not me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Is there anything that you can't do on a sandwich? Or like a, f- like what one? I think is like sacrilege yeah. or man. Not the, not off the top of my head. I can't think of like I've never ran into a sandwich with a, where I'm like, I want to take this part of it off. You know, I've never been one of the people like, oh, I guess bad shit, like not ripe shit, would be my yeah. only. You know, going back to the fast food thing, Wendy's, like it's like they try and buy the shittiest tomatoes possible. It's like <laughs> I, I've bought like, you know, you go to, you know, back in college, the only place I could get groceries was either Walmart or Meyer, and you know, you'd get. I basically didn't eat tomatoes for like four years because you'd get these like <laughs> tomatoes that are like as hard as softballs. But like I'd get, I'd get one every once in a while and like even those are better than the tomatoes that they're putting on at Wendy's. At, uh, at Wendy's. And I was like, you know, so the shit like that, I'm like a really gross piece of like floppy lettuce or something like that. But I don't know, man, like the up north Wendy's, I think they get it. <laughs> like I don't know where they get their produce from. Yes. Maybe actually like straight from the farm. Yes. But like any up north Wendy's is legit. Like we have an inside joke amongst us is like if you go to Wendy's, it's the local spot the local up there. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have specific Wendy's that I go to up north. Like, oh really? <laughs> well yeah. Um I have to go up to I go to Gaylord, Michigan, like I think this last year I probably had to go up there like twelve, thirteen times for work and um there's what is it called west branch west branch michigan's exit 212 um <laughs> on i-75 but there's a wendy's there and it's like just a fucking great wendy's <laughs> it's one of like i go up there for work and like you know it's like a four-hour drive to get up there so it's like in the two hour two hour marks it's like ha- exactly halfway nice just stop there and get a fresh spicy chicken sandwich get a freshie yeah it's like uh What's that, Halo Burger? Yeah. Man, Zuber, one of our best friends, Mike Zuber, who is mentioned at the end of every single one of our podcasts, by the way, and he's never no. he's never done anything for this podcast. I've just mentioned his name to see if he actually ever listens to the podcast. A Easter egg for him. And he's never listened to it. Um, I call him the Mustard Valet. But he, mustard valet. he's yeah. diehard about Halo Burger. So he'll go up north and... Usually he stops at the same one, which is at like Birch Run, Frankenmuth mm-hmm. Exit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to go and you got to get the freshie. Because if you ask for it fresh, then it's going to be delicious. And if you if it's been sitting there for a bit, it's trash. Yeah. I yeah. agree. It's not bad. Oh, I don't doubt it. But it always just pisses me off because he's always like meeting me up up north or like go snowboarding or something. And you always have to factor in and like, oh, he'll be here an extra half an hour later than you think he will because he's just standing in a fucking Halo Burger in the middle of Michigan waiting for this poor soul to, like, bust out a whole new sandwich for him. You know, there's, like, eight burgers ready to be slapped on a bun, and he's like, no, make me a fresh one, asshole. (laughs) One time him and I went through that Halo Burger drive-thru, and I asked for a fresh one, and they got so mad at us. I felt bad. Yeah. 
But then again, I was like, no, can it be fresh? Like, I, I don't know. I, the way that I said it, I feel like I said it kind of like I was being an ass. <laughs> yeah. So that was my bad. For those up north that are listening to this podcast, which I highly doubt you are. But if you are, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, dry, like when we get the Taco Bell up there, it's good Taco Bell. There's that Grayling Taco Bell. See, I know all the up north fast food spots. Um, that Grayling Taco Bell is still in like that super, I think you were with us this one time, maybe. Um, it's like a, su- it's a super retro Taco Bell. Like they haven't remodeled it since like the eighties. Oh yeah. With the arch windows, the arch windows, yeah. but then like the insides, like, it looks like Saved by the Bell. It's all like gray, <laughs> like gray and purple and teal, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. It's a fucking great. And it's great got that quarter Bell. game at yeah. the register that you toss the yeah. quarter into the water and try to land it on a pad. Yeah. Yeah. I got a free cinnamon stick yeah. or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon twists. Cinnamon twists. Um, white people churros. <laughs> I want to let you know, yesterday I had an incredible sandwich from Matt and Moe's Italian beef. Saw you uh, post that on, on the gram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, man. I, I love Italian beef sandwiches, huge fan of like Al's and like the other spots in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they've got, you know, the, the traditional way to, to order a beef sandwich is like you ask for what kind of cheese, what kind of pepper, either mild or, or, or mild or mild or hot. <laughs> And then you can do like what the quantity of the jus on it, right? Mm-hmm. The juice. Yeah. The jus. The jus. And I usually get mine with provolone hot swimming. And yesterday they made me one that was, I didn't even have to ask for what it was. They just made it perfect right away. So they're actually uh, looking to be opening up their, their brick and mortar. They've got a, um, a Kickstarter up. Okay. Dude, I cannot wait for them to be open for real because I don't need to drive Chicago anymore for this yeah. kind of sandwich. Yeah. It, it was so juicy that I had to actually get up and do the Chicago lean. Yeah. You know about the Chicago yeah, lean? Yeah. The Guy Fieri shit where you gotta <laughs> like spread your legs and like lean forward. Yeah. Yeah. You get yeah, you gotta stand up, mm-hmm. put your uh your your uh what are these part of your body is called? Forearms. Forearms. Thank you. <laughs> 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 you put your forearms on the table and you lean into it. Yeah. You can't be sitting down for no. this stuff. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've got one more sandwich for you to eat. Let's check that out right after this. Gotcha. Sandwich talk runs on Aunt Knees. Based out of Eastern Market in Detroit, Michigan, this chip, salsa, and guacamole team offers fresh, all-natural, locally sourced snack foods for every single occasion. That refrigerator is looking mighty lonely. Get some salsa. The color green is certainly my favorite. Get that guac. The store is completely out of hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Grab a bag of chips. Find store locations today at antneys.com and visit every Saturday at Eastern Market for the exclusively sold guacamole here in Detroit, Guac City. Dude, and the, the the image of this looks so good. So you just showed me uh, a, an image from Mabel Gray of the pop-up. It says, alert, this beautiful hot Italian beef Chicago-style dipped sandwich will be available at Mabel Gray tomorrow. So this is just a couple weeks ago uh, in January. And yeah, lo and behold, Matt and Moe's, Matt same and Mose. guys. So they've just been popping up all over. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. Damn. I've, you know, I tried to get out there to Mabel Gray when that happened, but it was only, I think it was just for like a weekend. But now that I know that they're at uh, Mudgies for the next week or so, definitely got to check that out. Are they going to be there for a while? I thought I thought it's like, I, was it just the weekend? I thought it was like all week. I don't even know, dude. Okay, it was. I I went there yesterday and 
because it was just there. I think it was just because uh, Greg Mudge hit me up and he's yeah. like, "Yo, dude, if anybody needs to try this, it's you." Gotcha. And because I'm a diehard beef guy, like mm-hmm. love it. And what they did was they have the combo, which is actually the Italian sausage, mild Italian sausage inside of the sandwich, mm-hmm. and then they do the beef on top. Then they do the peppers. Took me by surprise with the green peppers on there too, but it actually worked out really well. So it's yeah. the the hot chardonnay and then the, uh, the the green peppers, and then they did a full swim. Like, take the the tongs, mm-hmm. dunk it in the jus, and then just let it hang out there for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So then this way, when they rewrapped it in the paper, you had to, like, literally peel the boy off. Mm-hmm. And it was, dude, it was so, like, just sopping down the arms. And that's why you need to do that lean style. Yeah, yeah. I hope the the Italian beef kind of bridges the gap from Chicago over here. I like I like Italian beef way more than like Chicago pizza. So yeah. it'd be dope to be able to get a good one of those around here. And way more than like a Chicago dog too. Mm-hmm. No I've, offense I've, against the Chicago yeah. dog. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. It's good. Even that, like you can't really, you know, obviously like Lafayette's not selling in Chicago. I can't think of a place like in the city. Maybe Diamond. Diamond probably sells. Diamond does. Diamond sells Chicago dogs. Forgot about that. And I, I took you to my Chicago dog spot over the summer. That uh, La Puma's in Rochester. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That spot was great, yeah, dude. I love that place. We man. went there, uh, stopped on Anderson, on the way to go see Anderson Park. Anderson Park at Meadowbrook. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun show. Yeah. That was a fun little Detroit field trip. Yeah. You, you know? get you get to Meadowbrook and half of Detroit is at yeah, Meadowbrook. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I think we left Woodbridge with like four people. And by the time we got to the grass at Meadowbrook, there was like 35 of us. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I, um... We, you and I had talked about this. Anderson Pock, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He he puts on an incredible show. We saw him a few months earlier than that at an indoor venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played at the State or Fillmore, whatever it's called. And it was a great show. I, I thought it was like, wow, this guy has an insane energy. He's running around stage. He's playing drums, rapping, and never out of breath. No. Come to find out he does this outdoor show. And typically, like, an outdoor show is like, oh, yeah, it's going to be outdoor. Not going to be as fun. We'll sit there, sit here on the lawn, chill out. The man's energy was three times more insane than it was on the indoor venue. Yeah. By far, I, I think it was a better show outdoor than it was indoor. I, and that I blew me away. Yeah. Well, he had this yeah. huge stage setup where he's running up and down mm-hmm. the stairs. That's where his drum set was upstairs. Mm-hmm. Ran downstairs, kept j- like rapping and, and singing along. And then he's doing like acrobatics seemingly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, welcome to Music Talk with yeah. Carlos Parisi. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, yeah. we we ate on the way to there. Yeah. And yeah. then we ate on the way back. The only thing I like about the Chicago dog is uh, poppy seed bun. Why is it not, like, just every hot dog on a poppy seed bun? That makes I, sense. I don't know. I just, the seed has a little flavor to it, you know? A little Remember the Brooklyn dog? Brooklyn dog, man. Oh. Dreaming about that. Dreaming about that. Ugh. Dreaming about that dog. Yeah. Right here in Hamtramck, Michigan at Campo Tower. You were the one that turned me on to it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember everything that was on it? Oh, yeah. Dude, caramelized onions, cream cheese, tomato slices, everything seasoning. The dog is split in half and then griddled. Mm. Griddled. Um, yeah, things a masterpiece. And that got me going on everything bagel seasoning, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember that dog was like, oh, wow, you can use everything bagel seasoning on everything. Yeah. Genius. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about Trader Joe's a little bit ago. They do that everything seasoning, but I recommend people just make their own everything seasoning. Yeah. Um, Because the Trader Joe's one comes with salt in it, which if you're trying to cook with it, like that could throw you off. But like 
unintentionally putting more salt into something than you need to. But uh, going back to uh, one of our, both of ours uh, favorite sandwich shops in New Orleans, Turkey and the Wolf. Oh my god! Dude. They have a uh, they put a recipe. I think I, when they first got like best new restaurant in Bon Appetit, they like published a handful of their recipes, and one of them was their like that wedge salad, and that's like topped with everything seasoning. And it's dude, it's just like get some sesame seeds, get some poppy seeds, and granulated garlic and onion, and just toast it. You know, you, for like ten dollars, you can have like five pounds of the shit. And at Trader Joe's, it's like five dollars for like two ounces or three ounces or whatever comes in that little shaker. <laughs> I could talk about Turkey and the Wolf for this entire pot. You and I could both talk about Turkey and the Wolf for this yeah, whole podcast. Yeah, I have that, that Duke's Mayo Turkey. We both have Turkey and the Wolf merch. Yep, mine and is literally mayonnaise, mayonnaise themed. <laughs> Duke's mayonnaise. Themed. Duke's mayonnaise themed on the sleeves. I um I have to give it up to Mason and that entire team down there for basically sticking to their guns and being 100% them mm-hmm. and unapologetic unapologetic about it because they are they they swear they drink they party and they cook so well and that lifestyle is 100% them and if you like it great and if you don't like it then you can piss off because yeah. they don't need you mm-hmm. It's so good. So they've got that. They've got Molly's Rise and Shine. And now Mason's been traveling around the U.S., just popping up with a bunch of different restaurants and bars all throughout the, the country. Yeah, they've done, uh, I was just in New York, uh, was that, last month? And I've been wanting to check out this bagel shop. And I was like, where do I know this? It's called Black Seed Bagel. I'm like, where the fuck do I know this from? It's because Turkey and the Wolf did like a sandwich cl- collaboration with them like two months before that. Oh, like, wow. Oh, yeah, man. That's sick. Yeah. That guy's smart. Mm-hmm. He's and I remember, like before I had gone, you had basically shown me a bunch of their different recipes yeah. and shown me their Instagram and and talked to to me about like the different things that they put together. Actually, you made me the salad. I was gonna say, I think Jenny did. We literally made like a turkey and the wolf themed family dinner. I think yeah. we did. Actually, it might have been two separate times. But one time we did their wedge salad, which is just what you think a wedge salad is, but like just cranked up. With the everything seasoning, the homemade buttermilk, blue cheese dressing going on top of it. But then they do that collard green, the collard green melt, which is actually the the collard greens on their collard green melt sandwich is what I based the recipe off of the collard greens for the breakfast burritos for. Yeah. Yeah. Grab that half a sandwich right there and let's talk right, let's about Swerve. This. Gotcha. Um, because the Swerve is, it's, I love it so much. I love the fact that we do this together. It's a lot um, of fun. But we're, we've got right now, it looks like it's a tuna sandwich. Um, it's got a piece of bread in between the sandwich. And on one side is the tuna, some crispiness with bacon. Ooh, bacon. A little big old thick slab of bacon. Oh, yeah. Um, some fresh iceberg lettuce. Looks like we got the cucumbers there. And also some shaved daikon? Yeah, it looks like it. There's not a lot of color to it, so it's not like, you know, just your standard little red radish or nothing. But, yeah, it looks like daikon for sure. Dude, take a bite of that boy. Yeah. Looks awesome. Uh, and then the the tuna salad looks like it's got um, some onions in it, uh, a little bit of chive maybe. Is that what I'm seeing? It's looking really similar, obviously, to the uh, um, the last sandwich. Egg we salad. Had. The egg salad. Tomato, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with like the probably the same mayo and you know herb combo. Mm. But wow, that tuna's great. This tastes very umami esque. Very Japanese. Mm-hmm. I'm getting soy sauce in here 100%. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is really good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this tastes like a wow, like sushi almost. It's really good. Yeah, same those, same white bread too. Yeah, those radishes are actually like pickled themselves. Oh, that might be what's kind of soy. Mm-hmm. Probably in like a rice vinegar or something like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. I really like this a lot. I like it. Yeah. This is a, a I, okay. So of the three now, I think this one might be Ooh. might have it for me. Uh, I might go. I might. It's weird as it sounds. I might stand with. I think the egg salad. Mm. But this is. I mean. Shit, man, it's got bacon on it, so it's kind of hard to... You know, right? <laughs> I'm not diehard into the bacon movement anymore mm-hmm. because it's been overused, in my opinion. People just toss bacon into stuff, and they think, oh, wow, it's got bacon, it's got to be great. Oh, what, you don't like bacon-flavored fucking whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, bacon-flavored shampoo, 100%. Nice. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. When you overdo bacon, then it's kind of like... It's a pain in the ass, but this is where bacon actually plays really well. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a club sandwich, you know, at the end of the day, so. Totally. I think you're obligated to put bacon on it. But with the Japanese flair. I like yeah. it a lot. Damn. This, this is, is awesome, because I just had, again, in New York, um, I had like a, it was a katsu club, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. It was Asian. It just looked like a normal, like, greasy spoon diner. I mean, I. It was really clean in there, but it just like a diner they'd get anywhere in America, and it just had this, like, Asian twist to it, and one of the things on their menu was this katsu club, same with that purple cabbage, bacon, three slices of bread, this awesome katsu cutlet, and, like, I think maybe, like, some type of, like, there's something sweet in there, like a hoisin glaze or, you know, schmear on there somewhere. They, um, they actually hooked us up with a fourth sandwich. And I think that that's kind of what you're describing. So we've got oh, that shit. we've got that boy waiting for us right now. But while we're finishing up this sandwich, I just want to tell the story of how we started with the breakfast burritos. Yeah. Um. So our friend Ben Kehoe, he opened up the spot called Bikes and Coffee. As he was doing the construction work to to open it up, he ended up breaking his wrist. Yeah. And us, all of his best friends were helping him work on it in any way, shape or form we could. So, mm-hmm. you know, good friends like the Logans, you, mm-hmm. me, anybody else that could have helped a hand at the time. And he was also doing all of the work that he could with yeah. just one arm. Yeah. At that time, too. I remember telling you, like, I wanted to do some kind of pop up with you or something because your food is always been outstanding and we just couldn't figure it out we were like mm-hmm. oh well you didn't really want to do it i mean yeah i was i was scared <laughs> i mean i mean i've never worked any service industry i mean i worked like retail when i was a kid but nothing in food related i've never even busted a table before so well i'm like, glad that we ended up doing this because yeah. like one day we went to, to colorado together as all of mm-hmm. us and <laughs> I, i'll never forget we got up to a mountain town on our way up to where we were going and you were like, oh, I think I want to do some breakfast burritos. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. And I started naming off things that like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. Like maybe some chorizo, maybe mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And you were like, no, I've got something in mind. And I'm like, I'm okay, deal. Because you've never steered me wrong when yeah. it comes to food. You mm-hmm. always have done something that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, here you come with jalapeno cream cheese, mm-hmm. bacon, um, I don't even remember what was in the first iteration. At that point, it was super simple. I think you you just named it. I think it was the cream cheese. It was the bacon, because I like the bacon with a little texture to it. Um, case eggs, and then uh, what, just like your general uh, green salsa jar, you know? And yeah. uh, 
I don't see that. I think that was just it. Maybe another like a spicy like red hot sauce to go with it too. But uh, yeah, and then the cheese, the cheese for the uh, for the cheese seal. Got to roll it up and close it up. The cheese seal. That was the one thing. So you had made the burritos on the morning that we were heading up to go ride. Yeah. And you made a bunch, had them wrapped up, and gave them out. Mm-hmm. And I remember eating mine in the passenger side while you were driving. Mm-hmm. And just yelling. <laughs> I was I was mildly upset that it was so good. Yeah. And I was pissed because this is something that I had never had before. It tasted like, I, I remember mentioning it, it tastes like freaking Taco Bell, dude. <laughs> How did you make a breakfast burrito taste like Taco Bell, but just better? And... I don't know, man. I, at that point, I was like, why don't you do this? We should mm-hmm. do this. And we came back from Colorado, and I had mentioned to you, like, well, actually, I don't think you know this, but mm-hmm. Ben and I ended up sitting down, and I was like, I, dude, Merck made this breakfast burrito, and it was insane. And I feel like we could probably convince him to do it just on, a, like, a Sunday. And, like, we'll just, I'll, I'll help him bust it out. We'll just do it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, it'll just be for the homies, just for the friends. Yeah. And we'll just invite our friends. And it worked. And it worked. And it worked. And now every single Sunday, we've got three variations of the burritos, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty good at naming. But when we actually make the burritos, I still forget what the <laughs> ingredients are. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So we got the the veggie one and the, the meat one, which is uh, egg based, obviously. So you got the jalapeno cream cheese schmear on the bottom of the shell, get, scramble up some eggs. And then on the meat one, we started doing bacon, but now we do breakfast sausage little home blend spice mix mixed with some just you know ground sausage and then from there um on the sausage one put tater tots on it green salsa roll Mm. it up with the cheese seal at the end and then uh the the veggie one instead of the sausage is all the same ingredients but uh put the collard greens that i was talking about a little bit ago and then um those went those started going pretty well and then um wanted to make something for the the plant-based folks and so we did a a vegan one, which, so going back to the cookbook thing and the recipe thing, the collard greens, it was a recipe that was based off of the uh, turkey and the wolf collard greens. And then the fried chickpeas is actually a recipe based off of um, the Allison Roman cookbook I was talking about earlier, which, you know, it's literally just, there's not much of a recipe to it. That's where I got the idea for just, you know, frying up chickpeas in oil. And then just, we put some cayenne and chipotle powder and uh, paprika and then uh, dice up some, roast up some sweet potatoes, and then do the the green salsa. But obviously vegan, so no no cheese seal on that one. <laughs> I remember uh, Big Mike came through, and this is like week three maybe, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, you should put some tater tots or something in here." And yeah. we we're like, "All right, let's go find some tater tots." Yeah, that that definitely was a good idea. Um, I love potatoes with my breakfast, but I hate cooking potatoes when yeah. I want breakfast because it's like. Man, like you get those bagged frozen hash browns, which just never seem to get crispy unless you just don't touch them for like 45 minutes while they're on a skillet. Or you got to like roast potatoes and sometimes those get mushy. But uh, that's why I did the sweet potato for the vegan one because sweet potatoes just cook up a lot quicker and they've got a nice little flavor to them. Totally. But yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to spend all morning dicing and, you know, roasting potatoes. So um, tater, <laughs> tater tots, man. Pre-made, you know. They work out really yeah. well too. They come out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, like they're 20, always crispy and delicious. Per, like I don't get like I, we were I, we were talking about that when we were making them one day. I'm like, how come no other potato product gets that crispy in the oven? You know, like you buy you know French fries, they're always like weird kind of, or like you know crinkle cut fries, or 
you know, anything. Got some kind of weird internal taste and flavor, but for some reason, yeah. Yeah. The the tater tots are just perfect, perfect and delicious and crispy brown, and like every time. And what yeah. we do if we ever have extra tater tots and extra um jalapeno cream cheeses, we'll just dip it right oh, in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> What's cool too is every Sunday it's actually become like a party. We call it Sunday Swerve. Mm-hmm. And a ton of people are there by like eleven o'clock, all just we're jamming music. Yeah. Everybody's got a burrito, everybody's drinking their coffee. And I think it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. It's getting kind of crazy over there now. Yeah. Uh, We're up to, uh, like, doing between 100 and 200 burritos a weekend now. Uh, you're selling a little bit much. But, yeah, like, two weekends ago, I think we did 110 burritos. But That's between that, 100 and 200. Yeah. It yeah. technically is. <laughs> that was the first time we've ever been between 100 and 200. But, yes. Officially, we have been between 100 and 200 burritos. But we're still rocking them every yeah, weekend. Yeah. And and you do all the work on Saturdays, mm-hmm. and then Sundays, it's both of us coming yeah. through. Um, so I commend you, and I thank you very much for allowing me to continue to take part in it, basically. <laughs> no problem, man. Um, we've got this final sandwich that I want to plow through. This is a special one. It's not on the menu yet, but it's about to be. The folks over at White Wolf said they want us to try this one out, and it's um, very similar to the chicken katsu. It's got a nice little sauce on it, too. Um, it's got the, the fresh greens on it. Um, so this has got lettuce too. It's also got the cabbage, um, bite into this one, dude. This one looks intense. Just take a big old chomp. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. And it looks like it's a little spicier maybe because the, the, the katsu chicken is covered in this kind of sauce, Mm -hmm. same kind of white bread too, across the board. Um, and it's, I'm going to take a bite now too, but go ahead and describe what you're tasting, man. A lot of flavors. Mm. Definitely a spice. I wouldn't say like it's not like spicy, spicy, but there's definitely something in there on the sauce on top of this chicken. It's got a little, you know, zing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, again, I'm loving all these sandwiches just because how simple, you know, I don't think a single one of these has more than like four, ingre- four, mm-hmm. four or five ingredients in it. And they're all like kind of the same. Oh, man, I'm talking with my mouth full. <laughs> you know, all similar, but they, you know, they all have like the same bread, you know, obviously two of them had the chicken on it, other ones didn't, but you know, you get kind of same flavors, but they're all very unique in their different ways. Totally. Yeah, I'm loving it, man. Dude, this one's great. Well, the chicken kind of reminds me of General So Chicken, or like a sweet and sour. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Definitely like a, I don't know, sesame type taste and like sesame oil, maybe, I would say. Yeah, I like that the, the you know... It, it's obviously chicken katsu, but like these are some pretty thick, like, you know, you get sometimes, which I'm also a fan of that when they pound the chicken like super, super thin and fry it. This is, but thin. you know, as a standalone dish, that's awesome when you got like the rice and stuff to mix it with. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking sandwich, you know, you mm. still want that juicy, thick piece of uh, chicken on there. And you're definitely getting it with these sandwiches, man. Super juicy. Big old piece of breading on this, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my favorite one. Done. That's it. I've had three favorites so far. Yeah. And actually, I've had four favorites. Mm-hmm. Each one of these sandwiches has been great. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this sandwich is definitely pretty similar to what I was explaining to you that I ate in New York. I, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad we got this one then. Yeah, it's great. So we can describe it. Um, Merck. You've got so much going on just with your everyday work and you go home and you have the opportunity to cook and create something new every time. Um, aside from doing Swerve, which is every single Sunday, mm-hmm. I know that we've got a couple other things going on like at opening day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So opening day, we got the, uh, 
Um, we got invited by the beer store in Midtown called Eight Degrees Play-Doh. If you're not familiar with them, check them out. It's a beer craft beer store, but they got a full bar in the back with some booze, wine, and then like 16 rotating tap taps of craft beer. Really cool people. They frequently do pop-ups, and then they, you know, right around, it was only like a month after we started doing the bikes and coffee thing, they're like, oh, you guys do breakfast. A breakfast pop-up would work great for all the, you know, people pre-game and opening day. So we did that last year. Made like 45 burritos, which was the most we'd ever made at that time. Right. And we sold out in 90 minutes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, what, a burrito every two minutes? And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they asked us to come back again this year. So that's, I think, in like two and a half weeks here. Um, but yeah, stoked for that. Obviously going to make a lot more burritos. Hopefully, um, honestly, to get, to be honest with you, with that, all these events canceling with a coronavirus and shit, I don't even know if there's going to be an opening day. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Scary. um, I think it's like Zach Brown band just canceled LCA this weekend. Wow. So, you know, if that wave, if like, you know, and you got all these music festivals around, so, you know, opening day, there's like, you know, whatever the stadium holds like 2,200, 22,000 people, but then you got like another 80,000 people just hanging out downtown, you know, streets, so, sharing beverages with each other and high-fiving. Yeah. yeah. So if this really starts popping off in Michigan, I don't you know, it might be a postponed opening day burrito shindig. But we still have Swerve every Saturday and Sunday morning. You can come through and get a burrito. One of the yep. three burritos that we described. And especially if you want to come through and party with us, hang out, jam to some music. Yeah. Really just kind of relax and get your Sunday morning going. Come on through on a Sunday morning. You'll see Merck and I will just be um, making fun of each other in the back and also getting ripped on and ripping on Ben, too. Mm -hmm. uh, bikes and coffee every Sunday morning. Yes. And we'll be playing some, usually some good music, sometimes some bad music. Uh, I know we both love Southern hip hop mm -hmm. and that's usually what we kind of start with is yeah. some good old fashioned Southern swerve hip hop. Yeah. Some, some usually somewhere between Atlanta and Houston is where the music <laughs> is played. A little bit of Memphis in Memphis. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Merck, I thank you so much for being a part of the show. I thank you for being one of my best friends. Yeah. About thank time you, you invited me on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being, yeah. um, for always helping me elevate my game and also kicking my ass, man. Like you've, you've been there to tell me some shit to my face and not too many other people do that. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you. No, you're welcome, man. For I, sure. You know, it's been a pleasure working with you. Hell yeah. You too. Yeah. Um, for the folks at home, we love you. We want to see you and we'll see you soon. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. And thanks to our guest Merck. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Sato Shock is a production of Planet Ant Media, powered by Pinecast, supported by artwork and the National Endowment for the Arts. Check out more Planet Ant podcasts at planetantpodcast.com. Our theme music is Bushwick Tarantella, and our ad read music is Lobby Time, both by Kevin McLeod. I want to thank our producer, Zach Bridges. We have, of course, our mustard valet, Michael Zuber. Our mailman, Carl Malone. Fashion consultant, Che Guevara. And with us always, our chief, Miles O'Brien. Thanks for listening. I'm Carlos. I hope you got hungry and a happy sandwich. Old DMX bark. I love that song. What? What? Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Come uh. on. Uh. Give it to me now.
I don't even know what he says in that <laughs> song.